Hi, all. Today's episode is a repeat. It's one of the highest ranked episodes on the Estranged Heart podcast. And I felt that it would be beneficial to repeat it for some newer listeners who haven't been able to get through all of the episodes. I think it's super important. Um, The topic is super important. And um, anyway, I hope that you can find some nuggets within this episode that maybe um, if you've listened to it before, that you didn't catch the first go around. And if this is your first time to hear this particular episode, I hope that you'll find something within it that can help you on your estrangement and or reconciliation journey. So on with today's episode. Hi there, you're listening to episode number 14 of the Estranged Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Creed Revere. Welcome back to our returning listeners, and if this is your first time here, welcome. As we begin today's episode, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee or tea, settle in, and listen with an open heart. But first, a disclaimer, I am not a therapist or a counselor. Nothing within this podcast should be considered or taken as therapy. If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. Before we begin today's episode, I wanted to um, address a couple of different things. Um, First of all, I'd like to know, I've not received any feedback and I'm kind of curious. I'd like to know if you enjoy the background music um, that is played as I'm recording each episode as I talk, or if you think that you would prefer for it just to be my voice with no background music. Um, If you would let me know, that would be fantastic. I want to make this um, an experience that works for most people. I know I I can't please everyone, but um, I would like to know if you would like background music or not. And um, you can always drop me an email at theestrangedheart at gmail.com to let me know. Okay. Uh, Second, thank yous galore. (laughs) Um, We have reached a milestone of just shy of 2,600 downloads in less than three months. And that's pretty significant considering how new this podcast is. And I I just want to express my gratitude for each listener, for everyone who has um, recommended the podcast to others, um, who have shared the podcast um, across other um, podcast platforms. I've also um, received word that uh, the podcast is being shared with um, different online support groups and not necessarily those um, specifically related to estrangement. So thank you, thank you, thank you for getting the word out about the Estranged Heart podcast. I'm so super grateful. And I think the other thing that I want to um, address today is uh, that over this last week, I've received um, quite a few um, inquiries, if you will, um, or just general statements from folks who have listened to the podcast and believe that I am citing 
completely and totally a thousand percent with the estranged adult children. And um, while I appreciate everyone's opinions and we are all entitled um, to our own opinions, <laughs> um, it, it that is simply not true. It simply isn't true. Um, I'm not siding with anyone here because for me personally, um, I've been, I've walked both sides of the fence here. I've been an estranged adult child and I've been an estranged parent. So I'm talking and speaking to everyone, anyone who is estranged, a parent or an adult child, um, Although my take on estrangement is a bit different than what you see mainstream out there. And I recognize that what's out there is not, not a whole lot <laughs> um, when it comes to people who are not professionals in the field of estrangement, i.e. psychologists and such. Um, and, and my take on estrangement does tend to lend itself to a perspective that others could perceive as quote unquote siding with the adult children. Um, but I'm not siding with them. What I'm trying to do um, is to get a different, helping people to develop a sense of curiosity so that they can learn what is operating things from behind the scenes. Um, that's the perspective that I, I don't hear a lot of. I, what I do hear of, read, see, listen to is um, from the estranged parents um, as, as well as many of the estranged adult children is they, they're just taking this, you know, my, loved one um, is acting and doing and behaving in such and such a way. And so therefore, they absolutely hate me. Um, they want no reconciliation. They're doing this on purpose. All of these very blanket statements. Um, and I, when you talk to anyone and listen to their story, if you get into the meat of the story, you learn that that's just not the case. It's just not the case. There's so much operating behind the scenes when it comes to estrangement. And that's what I'm trying to bring to light here. Um, and I also recognize too, because I've been in those shoes as a formerly estranged mom. Um, you know, when I was in the throes of estrangement, I was busy pointing the finger at my estranged adult children. And what I'm trying to help estranged parents to see through this podcast is that there is a different way. There's a different way to try to reach reconciliation. And again, I know before you come at me <laughs> with all of, all of the stuff, I recognize that not every estrangement is going to end in reconciliation. I understand that. But there are many estrangement situations and experiences that could lead to reconciliation if we just did things a little differently. So I just wanted to address that today. 
Um, I recognize that when you're in, in your own estrangement experience, you, you see that experience through the lens of your world, through the lens that has colored, through, through the experiences that has colored the lens through which you see life. And um, I know that that's not a, a personal attack on me and there's nothing that I can do or say that's going to change some people's minds. Um, they believe what they want to believe and they're entitled to believe that. Um, but I'm here for the people who are willing to entertain curiosity, willing to try to look at things differently, willing to try to do things differently um, to get a different response and a different ending. Um, if what you are doing today is working for you and it's bringing you the satisfaction and the peace and the purpose and the love and the joy in your life, then keep on keeping on, my friend. But if it's not working for you and you're upset and it's it's bothering you every day and you want, keyword, want to find a different way to heal and to come back together with your loved one, then that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you um, help you to do that if at all possible. So that being said, on with the show today. I do want to give a trigger warning for today. Today's episode will be about trauma, what it is, its effects, etc. So please be aware of your own headspace as it relates to um, today's topic. And if you're not in a place today to be open and receptive to curiosity and learning, etc. And it's okay to not be okay with that. Then please listen, listen at a different time. Listen at a time when you can, you know, prepare yourself and, and be in a, in a space that will allow you to hear what is being said without it being so triggering. And if you're not able to do that, you're not able to do that. And that's totally okay. Um, your mental health is what is most important here. Okay, as we begin every new episode, we begin with a couple of poems or sayings, and I have um, three quotes here today. The first one is, trauma is hell on earth. Trauma resolved is a gift from the gods by Peter Levine. The second is, all of the diagnoses that you deal with depression, anxiety, ADHD, bipolar illness, PTSD, even psychosis are significantly rooted in trauma. They are manifestations of trauma. Therefore, the diagnosis does not explain anything. The problem in the medical world is that we diagnose somebody and we think that that's the explanation. He's behaving that way because he's psychotic. She's behaving that way because she has ADHD. Nobody has ADHD. Nobody has psychosis. These are processes within the individual. It's not a thing you have. This is a process that expresses your life experience. It has meaning in every single case. That was by Dr. Gabor Mate. And the third and final one is, no matter what kind of childhood we've had, nobody escapes trauma while growing up. Kenny Weiss. Trauma. So we're talking about trauma today. 
Um, and I think it's important to recognize that, um, you know, things in life change, right? And um, that includes things such as words. The way we describe people, places, things, experiences, etc. And how we apply meaning to each of these. Dr. Coleman, Dr. Joshua Coleman, who specializes in estrangement, states, quote, softening the bite of psychiatric diagnoses is especially important since they are now a part of mainstream culture. We call someone borderline or a total narcissist when we used to simply say jerks and assholes, end quote. So I thought it was important to let's kind of give get back into some um, definitions of trauma, uh, because I think that people get hung up on this word. Um, And especially what I tend to see is especially those folks of older generations, right? Um, People in their 60s, 70s and 80s now, some in their 50s, um, that still look at when they hear the word trauma, they think of war and genocide and, you know, the big, massive, catastrophic events um, that can happen in a person's life. And, um, and so they think, oh, my kid never had any trauma. They didn't experience any of that. There's no way my kid had trauma. And what I'm asking you to entertain is that, again, the, the word trauma, it's, it still has the same meaning but we're using it in a context today and we've discovered many things about trauma that we didn't know 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, right? There are things, things we, we discover as the years go on, as the days go by, we make new discoveries and we learn new things just as you are not the same person you were when you were in kindergarten as you are today. You have changed, you have evolved, you have grown. And so too does not the meaning of a word, but in how the word is utilized and how we describe things using new terms and new words, right? So the general definition of trauma is a deeply distressing and disturbing experience. I have um, two uh, professionals that describe um, and define uh, trauma well, let's just say that it, let's expand on that, right? And Dr. Gabor Mate describes um, and defines trauma as not what's not something that happens to you, but what happens inside you as a result of what happens to you. Again, trauma is not what happens to you, but what happens inside you as a result of what happens to you. And the other professional is a psychologist, um, and her name is Dr. Nicole LaPetra. She's also known as the holistic psychologist online. And she defines uh, trauma as um, it's not about the event. It's about how it impacts us based on the support system of those closest to us, how it impacts our nervous system, and how it disconnects us from our true and authentic self. And we'll get into a little bit more um, uh, regarding her and her take on trauma. 
But first, there are um, different types of trauma. Um, there's uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Um, that, that's what most people think of when they think of trauma. Um, and it's generally what we call the big T traumas, right? The war, the genocide, significant and horrific um, child abuse and neglect and things like that. It's, those are big time traumas. And then we have what's called CPTSD, and that's complex um, post-traumatic stress disorder. And oftentimes that's referred to as the little, the little T traumas. Um, and those are things, um, again, you know, they can include ongoing, if it's like especially ongoing um, child abuse and things like that. But it can also mean ongoing physical and emotional abuse. Chronic neglect or abandonment. Um, it can be medical abuse or medical trauma. Um, and enmesh enmeshment and parentification um, where children are taking on adult roles. So when we look at childhood trauma, and this is kind of where I want to go today, and I'd like for you to think about, as I'm talking about these things, I'd like for you to think about not just your estranged adult child, right? Or if you're an estranged adult child, not just your own experience. Um, but if you're an estranged adult parent, think about your own childhood, okay? And if you're an estranged adult child, think about your estranged parent's childhood. So childhood trauma can include abuse and neglect, and this does not have to be, you know, beating your kid to a bloody stump every day. That's not necessarily what, you know, just abuse and neglect mean. Abuse and neglect has varying degrees of that. So please keep that in mind. Um, childhood trauma can also be family violence, witnessing the violence. If you had domestic violence in your household when your children were growing up, if your husband or spouse was beating on you, maybe they didn't touch the kids, but they were beating on you and your children witnessed that. Um, community violence. Um, I don't know. School shootings, anyone? Mass shootings that we're having today here in the U.S.? That's community violence. Um, and that's trauma. That's trauma. Whether we are witnessing it on TV, whether we're experiencing it firsthand, whether we're hearing stories about it from our our um, loved ones who have experienced it and we're kind of with them in the moment when they're talking about it. Um, you know, light trauma, but trauma nonetheless because it's a loved one that we have and we're, we're hearing their pain and their heartache and their fears um, having had that experience. Um, Life-threatening accidents and injuries. You know, if you've been, been in a bad car accident um, or some kind of physical, physical um, injury, um, that is also trauma. Frightening or painful medical procedures, that's trauma. And I think that a lot of kiddos go through that. I think a lot of kiddos. I don't know. I remember, you know, having to hold my little one down multiple times to, I don't know, test for strep throat, where it took four people trying to hold her down. That's a traumatic experience for a kid. That's trauma. <laughs> um, I know we're, we're trying to do what's helpful for them and helping get them tested and, you know, or have a, a shot for something, you know, antibiotic or something, but it's trauma for them. 
Um, serious and untreated parental mental illness. So if you've had a, um, you know, if you were severely depressed as a parent, your children um, lived with that and lived with your depression. And that's, and, and if it went untreated, that's a, a type of trauma for them. Loss or separation from a parent or other loved one. Divorce anyone. Um, I had that with my family. You know, my father left the home. I was closest to my dad. And just up in one day, he was gone. That was trauma. That was trauma for me. Um, and natural or man-made disasters and discrimination. So, and discrimination could be not just based off of the color of someone's skin, but could be based off of their weight. You know, I was the kid who was always chosen last for any team sport in school. Always. Always. Without exception. And people ask me today why I don't want to do team things. That's why. That's trauma. It affects me today based off of what happened as a child. And I'd also like to add in with this, while it's not necessarily, it's, it's not childhood trauma, but I think that when we're talking about traumas, I think we also need to remember, because I, I hear this on occasion, um, that an, an estranged adult parent will be talking about their estranged, I'm sorry, their estranged parent is talking about their estranged adult children, and they talk about you know, oh, their kid was bullied and teased um, as a kid. Well, that's that's childhood trauma as well. But also their profession, right? I hear some parents say, well, you know, my son or my daughter is a police officer or a nurse, an ICU nurse or, you know, an ER nurse or doctor. Those are traumatic inducing professions because you're seeing things in life that most people don't see right? So that can induce trauma. And it colors the perspective through which you view the world. So I wanted to get into, um, because I think that this is the place where people there's there seems to be a disconnect is trauma. When people think of trauma, they're thinking of physical things, you know, where someone was hurt physically. And while that is true, I think by far the majority of trauma that we experience in life, whether as a child or as an adult, is emotional abuse or traumas, okay? And I, I wanted to kind of go over these because I think that most people don't think about this and most people don't really see where this is con you know, considered emotional abuse, especially those of the older generation grew up with a lot of these things happening in their world and in their life. And they think, well, I wasn't abused. I experienced those things, but I wasn't abused. Well, again, things change, things are redefined, things evolve, and we grow and we learn from experiences. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I want you to just Get curious and open your mind a little bit about some of these things. So some examples of emotional abuse. Continually, continually ignoring or rejecting a child. I don't know about you, but I was a single mom for many years and busy trying to put a roof over her head and food on the table, working 12-hour shifts 
and coming home and making sure the, the homework got done and cooking dinner and, and the lunches were packed for the next day and the clothes were washed and the outfits were picked out. I didn't have any time to be sitting down to talk about things with my kids. I was way too busy. So I ignored them a lot. And I know that a lot of parents do. And again, this is not a judgment. It is simply a, oh my gosh, maybe that, maybe that did affect my kid. Okay. Physically or socially isolating a child. I don't know. Putting a kid in a corner. Making your kid go to their room. That's socially and physically isolating a child. Forcing a child to do things by scaring them. If you don't behave, wait till your father gets home. If you don't pick up these toys, just wait. You're going to get a spanking. If you don't behave in this store, I'm going to spank you when we get home. I don't know. Maybe that induces a little bit of fear in a kid. Exposing a child to domestic violence. Again, talked about that earlier. If they're witnessing, they may not be being um, physically abused by anyone, but they're witnessing it happening to you as one of their parents or a grandparent. Or if you're, you know, they, they were young and living with an older sibling, that kind of thing. Constantly criticizing, humiliating, or blaming a child. Why can't you get your shit together? What is wrong with you? Look at your brother. He doesn't have an issue doing any of these things. What is wrong with you? Why can't you be good like your sister? Those are, those are things that hurt and damage a child. And I say that because I did it to my children and I had it done to me. So I'm not saying, I'm not speaking off of something I don't know anything about. Constantly swearing, yelling, or screaming at a child. I was a yeller as a parent. I yelled and screamed all the time. And it was because I was so unbelievably frustrated and worried and wondering, you know, next paycheck, am I going to have enough to cover all the bills? Right? And my way of voicing that, I wasn't a drinker. I didn't do drugs. I yelled. That was, that was my coping mechanism. Making a child feel different from other family members. Mm-hmm. I experienced that. I always felt like the black sheep of the family. I was very different. Very, very different. Telling a child that they're worthless, unloved, or not enough. And sometimes it doesn't come by saying you're worthless and I don't love you and you're not enough. It comes in other ways indicating that, right? Withholding love, support, praise, or attention from a child. Well, I could tell them that, you know, that B was great, but God, I know they're, I know they're capable of an A. Yeah, so uh, next, next time on that report card next time around, I want to see an A. They got to be, you didn't want to give them any praise for that, but you know, we're going to, we're going to shame them into why wasn't it an A by saying next time I expect an A. Bullying, teasing, insulting, or belittling a child. 
and things that adults can take, kids cannot. And I would even venture to say that it, it affects the adults much the same way. It's just that we tend to ignore a lot of things. Having unrealistic expectations or unreasonable demands of a child. They're children. They're not many adults. Right? And I, again, I was guilty of that. I was so guilty of that. Not allowing a child to explore, express themselves, learn, or make new friends. Or make friends, you know, for out of trying to protect a, a child, you know, because you have a fear as a parent that something will happen to them. So they can't go to sleep at anyone's house. They can't go to slumber parties. They can't, you know, go and associate with friends and things like that because of your own fears. Things like that. Um, not allowing them to express themselves. Um, I had that growing up. I experienced that a lot and I, and I in turn did that to my children. Um, treating a child badly because of things they can't change, a disability, a gender, a sexuality. This has um, really come to the forefront over these last, I don't know, couple decades now. Um, and especially with this, the, within the last decade that I can see uh, with children and uh, gender questioning and um, questioning their sexuality and things like that. Um, it just... It damages them in ways that you can never even begin to imagine. Um, and threatening abuse or threats of harm um, to loved ones or pets. You know, if you don't do this, then so-and-so is going to be mad at me. And, you know, if, if it's a domestic violence situation, then um, potentially a, a child can know that um, their behaviors could have a damaging effect on someone coming home and beating you. So um, I wanted to get into a little bit of, of how trauma impacts behaviors by giving you some examples of um, my experience as a child and later an adult who experienced trauma. Um, and then how I, you know, traumatized my own children and this would is coming from my perception. My kids may have a very different perception um, that they've not yet shared with me and may never share with me. Um, this is strictly my from my perspective and um, my experience as a traumatized, um, estranged parent. So um, when I was young, my parents divorced and my, um, a, I experienced abandonment trauma. As a result, um, and that, you know, again, when my parents divorced, I was really super close with my dad and then he just was up and gone one day and that was abandonment trauma and it affected everything in my world as a kid, as a young adult, as an adult, and now as an older, older adult, I'm working through that in therapy and have been for many years now, and it is it is a it is a thing. I am here to tell you, it is a thing, and um, affected me significantly. Um, as a child, I oftentimes heard "shh, this is not all about you." 
we are here, like, as an example, I remember a trip to visit my aunt and uncle. And I remember hearing, we are here to be with your aunt and uncle and do things with them. Now get a hold of yourself and stop this because it's not all about you. No one ever stopped to listen to hear about why I was sad, why I was upset, asked me to explain anything. It was just an automatic shush. So I was never heard. That was another thing as a child. I never felt heard. It's not that my mom didn't love me. It's not that my dad didn't love me. They love me. But they oftentimes did not want to hear from me. Uh, I was teased um, often by uh, especially boys. Um, and I had male cousins that I spent time with, with when I would visit my dad uh, later on in the summers. Um, and they used to tell me, I remember a time sitting at a dinner table. And now I just want to preface this by saying I am currently 52, almost 53 years old. And I remember this event like it happened yesterday. And when it happened, I believe I was around nine or 10. So 40 plus years later, I can put myself right back sitting at that dining room table. I can smell everything that was there. I feel everything that was there. I can see everything that was there. And that's what happens when you, when you have trauma. And we were eating dinner and one of my cousins said he didn't want such and such on his plate um, that was on his plate. And my step-uncle said, oh, give it to her. She'll eat anything. She's like Mikey. She's a human garbage disposal. Yeah. Trauma. For me. Now, that same statement could have been said to my sister or to one of the boys, and they it would, would have never made a hill of beans difference to them. But to me, because I battled with my weight my entire life, it was absolute trauma to me to hear that. Um, later on, as a older teen, but still not an adult, um, I was physically abused by my stepmom. And that was physical trauma. But then I learned later on in therapy and, and, and just recently, as a matter of fact, not, not that long ago, um, I learned that the lack of action from my parents when that situation occurred, because no one called the police, no one, you know, took action. I mean, I had physical, I had, you know, I had a black eye. I had like, I had physical symptoms, physical things. Um, as a result of that, and my parents did not take any action. And I've learned in therapy that by my parents not taking action, that too was another added layer of trauma. Because I, in essence, wasn't, in my eyes at the time, I wasn't believed. So another layer of trauma. Um, then as a, a very young adult... Uh, who was married and became a mom really, really young. I experienced physical, emotional, mental, and sexual abuse by my spouse. Um, and then later on, also um, in my profession. I, at one point in my life, was a 911 operator and a police and fire dispatcher and police officer. And there were traumas I experienced by just simply doing my job. So... These are things, these are just a few examples of how trauma can be present in our life and us not think that there's trauma. 
And every one of those things affected my behavior and how I interacted with other people and how I viewed the world and how I felt safe or unsafe and how I was able to be in relationship with people or not be in relationship with people. It was based off of a lot of those traumas in my life. Um, so my experiencing my, my experience as a parent and traumatizing my children, um, uh, acting out was not permitted. They, they were not, I, they were spanked and, um, chastised in a tone that told them their way of being at that moment was not acceptable. And in turn, they, they took that to mean that they were not acceptable. It wasn't just that their behavior was unacceptable. They, they internalized that to be that they were not acceptable. Um, I, at no point in time did I just gather them up and hold, hug them and hold them and acknowledge their emotions, allowed them to, to voice and express their emotions in safe ways. Um, I never did any of that. And I, it's because I, I didn't know how. I wasn't done for me as a child. And so I, I just didn't know how. Um, and then my experience, and I mean, and I could go into huh, a plethora of other ways that I'm sure I uh, traumatized my children, but those are their stories. And I don't want to be telling stories that aren't mine to, to share. Um, but I can tell you, I am here to tell you that I definitely traumatized my children and it was emotional trauma for them. Um, and then as a estranged, as an estranged parent, I was traumatized. This is what I hear all the time when I start talking about trauma from estranged parents. I hear, but it's not all our fault. First of all, I never said it was your fault. I'm not placing blame. I am simply trying to get you to look at what may have happened to your children. You did the best you could with the knowledge you had at the time, yet it still affected your children. And then how by it affecting your children, how that has impacted how they are behaving today and specifically behaving to towards you. Right. Um, and so I, please don't, I hear that so often. I'm not placing blame because I know that also estranged parents are also traumatized. When I went through my estrangement with my daughters, I was absolutely traumatized without a doubt. And what does trauma do? It oftentimes you go into self-isolation, you have unregulated emotions um, exaggerated res emotional responses, wild swings in, with emotions, um, anger, lots and lots of anger. I had lots and lots of anger. And, and my emotions were unregulated. I mean, I was either crying or screaming and cursing. There seemingly was no in-between. Um, and just these wild swings of emotions. Um, and I had cognitive issues. Um, disassociation slash memory loss. I, I couldn't, I had, my short-term memory was tanked. I couldn't remember anything um, short-term. And that for me was so not normal. I've always had a very, 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 very good memory. 
And my estrangement experience changed that for me. Even today, there are times when I still struggle with memory issues. Um, anxiety. I never had anxiety until my estrangement experience. Um, and that is something that developed from my estrangement. Um, and insomnia. I couldn't sleep when I was estranged. I had horrific nightmares. Um, I'd sleep two hours, be up for three hours, sleep an hour, up for five hours. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. And if anybody knows anything about <laughs> sleep, it's magic stuff in helping you to cope with life. And when you're not getting it, your ability to cope with life is is very limited. So how do you heal from trauma, get on with trauma. And I will say it again, as I say in almost every episode I do, get yourself into therapy. You cannot control your adult child. You can't control them and what they're going to do. They may get in therapy, they may not. But you can get into therapy to deal with your own traumas that have happened in your life. And that in turn will help you to have a better life for yourself, whether or not you reconcile with your estranged adult child. Okay. If you're an estranged adult child, I urge you to get into therapy. Again, it will benefit you as a person to deal with your childhood traumas. Um, you know, and then some other things that you can do. I mean, there are a variety of different therapy methods that uh, work well with uh, trauma. Um, A lot of those, or a couple of those that I can recommend um, is uh, EMDR. If you can find an EMDR therapist, um, that is super helpful for traumas. And um, also internal family systems or IFS therapy. Um, That is also a big piece that works really well with trauma. Um, and I I think most importantly is to, you know, try to become curious, become a seeker of knowledge to help you to understand why things have happened. I think most of us have that, um, sense of curiosity and, and wanting to know the whys of life. And oftentimes if we can do that, if we can get to, know the whys, it lessens the triggers. It lessens the anger and kind of um, uh, douses the, the flames. There may still be a smoldering burn, but the flames aren't um, as large. And so for that alone, it, it can, it's helpful. Um, and, to, and to try not to define yourself as a trauma victim. You know, trauma may have happened to you, but you can do things about it to help course correct that and um, heal from that trauma or at a minimum learn how to live with it in ways that are healthy um, and can help you to go on to have a, you know, a productive and meaningful life. So um, that brings episode number 14 to a close. Um, I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you're able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey wherever you may be on your estrangement or reconciliation path. 
um, if you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing this podcast with others, and perhaps even leaving us a positive review. That would be fantastic. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast anonymously or not, please reach out via email to theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Again, theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Until next time.